Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Hello and welcome everybody. I am so excited. I've got Tiff Sipiko here, and she is an awesome fearless feminine leader, and she helps women face their fears through hypnosis. So I'm super excited to talk about it with you because I just feel like hypnosis is so freaking powerful for everything. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and like give me a little bit of a brag intro, like tell us all about you. Yes. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me. I am so excited to be here today and to talk more about hypnotherapy. Uh, my name is Tiff, and I am a hypnotherapist, and I also teach hypnotherapy to other hypnotherapists who are in training. So I can literally talk about this all day. <laughs> days probably, <laughs> at least. Um, but I was trained through an amazing school called Grace Space Hypnotherapy School. And yeah, I, I guess a brag is that I I love being a friggin' hypnotherapist. <laughs> I really, really do. I just feel, you know, I left my full-time job as a executive director in a nonprofit mm. about, I guess it was probably like four months ago now. And uh, that was a big step for me because I was in a job that I, I loved. You know, I had a great job. I did, was doing good work with great people. I was paid really well. But there was something inside me that had a calling to be able to do my hypnotherapy work and my coaching business and explore my spirituality and, and my own ability to be an entrepreneur. There was just that, that you know, that, that they say it's a whisper and then the universe yells. <laughs> I was getting <laughs> whispers and, the, and I, I kind of got it before it got like a yelling sign. And I was like, all right, I have to um, transition. It's time for me to really embrace this amazing work that I have at my fingertips here. So I brag that I am now a hypnotherapist and an entrepreneur and a coach that is able to do this work full time. It's such a privilege. And I, I take this privilege like just to be able to witness people in their subconscious mind and to support them in their journeys. I brag that that is my life and I am so grateful to be able to do this work. It just lights me up and it feels like I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. So I brag that I listened to my inner self and I, I took a gamble on myself and, I, and I'm here and I'm doing it and I'm beyond grateful to, to be in this work. That is so amazing. You know, my background psychology. So of course, you know, I'm super interested in hypnosis and the subconscious and all of those things. And did you have to like kind of overcome like your own, you know, you, you mentioned like the universe giving you the nudge and then the yell, like, did you have some baggage around going it your, your own way and becoming an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely did. We all do for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think, which one should I focus on, right? Because there's so many things. There's, there's all these limiting beliefs, as we say, that we have. And I think part of mine was, uh, for a long time, my spirituality was like blocked, you know? And I, there was a, like a part of me, I didn't grow up in a spiritual family, I didn't grow up learning about spiritual beliefs, you know? But I had this little inner thing inside of me that was spiritually curious, I'll call it. You know, I grew up Catholic and I didn't really understand Catholic and I kind of had this negative association with religion, which is what I thought was God. So I think there was always a part of me that was scared to explore my spiritual side, right? Even though there was a deeper inside like message within me that said like very spiritually curious. So I think my fear was like, well, am I like just a not knowing about myself and who I was and what spirituality was. And there was a fear of exploring like the wanting to explore that, but the fear of like, 
well, maybe I'm not a spiritual being, or maybe like spiritual doesn't, spirituality doesn't exist. So there was a fear for a long time of what if, like the what if, like what if I go down this road and, and, and I'm wrong, you know, what if I should stay on this track that I'm on? Uh, and it took me a long time to, to embrace that and just say like, look, I don't know what's going to happen if I begin to explore my spirituality and if I begin to shift uh, what I do for, for my life's work. Uh, but I'm going to allow myself that space, that time to explore it without an expectation, without the fear of failure, without, oh my goodness, am I going to regret leaving my, you know, amazing job and on all these things like just that unknown there was so much fear there of of what if of what if what is this going to lead to um and just the unknown and and you know what if i am not capable of this you know what if i don't have the resources what if i do this and i fail uh so there was a long journey and i really had to push myself to say like no you you got to trust yourself and that you know, there's beauty in the unknown. There's beauty in challenging yourself. That's what evolution is. There's beauty in just trusting yourself and exploring and allowing yourself the space to grow and evolve. So there was definitely a lot of fear that I had to overcome um, and a lot of uh, resistance to, to change, to growth, to evolution that I just had to really lean into and explore. I love that so much. I actually also grew up Catholic. And so like, you know, there's that good dose of like Catholic guilt that goes along with it. And so I know for me that that was like a lot of like my good girl conditioning, which is often the thing I talk about on the podcast because we get so many messages around self-sacrifice, like, please, everyone be good. Don't be too much. Um, you know, all of those things. And for me, like the kind of spirituality twist was that around the time I was like maybe eight or nine, um, my parents like discovered an Indian guru, which was, um, actually there was a documentary on Netflix on Yogananda, which is who they used to follow. And so like meditation and mindfulness kind of got thrown (laughs) into my experience like early on. And so that was like, one of the first experiences of like diversity and different cultures and <laughs> my parents like went all out right now because I follow Yogananda. He's my first Okay. Person. Well, I, I noticed you were in Sunitas and I've been there because of uh, the ashram there. So that's really cool. Like small world with that. Um, that didn't <laughs> come up when we were chatting earlier. Um, yeah, it's like so cool to see um, his work come mainstream, you know, so if you haven't checked out that documentary, I think it's really, really good. And for me, that was like a big part of my spiritual beginning. I had like um, a little bit of baggage around it because, you know, like as a young person, it just was like different. And then when I was like a teenager, like instead of going to church, how some people get forced to, I like was forced to meditate with my family. And so <laughs> it's always been a little bit, maybe I need to like book a hypnosis session with you. We can like clear out some of that stuff. But you know, um, the people that didn't have spirituality growing up, they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky to have been exposed to that so young. So it's such such a powerful tool. But just like anything, you know, when you're forced into something, it, it, it kind of comes with its own thing. Um, but yeah, tell me a little bit about your spiritual awakening. What's that been like? Sure. So it's so funny that you mentioned Yogananda because he definitely had a large part to do with it. Um, And it's really interesting. I made a discovery under hypnosis about why I had this blockage, which I really didn't realize. So I'll share a little bit about it, but it was definitely a shift for me Uh, because like I said, I I wanted, I was spiritually curious, but Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I just had a block that I really wasn't tapping in, that I really wasn't embracing my spirituality. And under hypnosis, I discovered that it really led back to uh, my grandmother, um, you know, and, and my family. I grew up with uh, watching my grandmother and my mother and most of my family, you know, be Catholic. Like my grandmother would, you know, do the rosary three times a day. She, um, they would read the Bible. You know, we celebrated Christmas. She had all the saints around the house and everything like this. And my grandmother was my primary caretaker. And my mother was raised Catholic and my mom had a lot of drug problems. So, you know, I saw my, in my child mind, I saw uh, this religion, Catholic religion, bringing so much pain and suffering to my family, to my grandmother, right? Like I just watched my grandmother suffer my whole life. She was living in poverty. She had a daughter who was a drug addict. Her husband had a stroke. He was like, had dementia. 
and we lived in a two-bedroom apartment where she's taking care of my mother's children, me and my sister. My uncle lived there. It was just a mess. It was like a total mess. A poor woman, you know, and I watched her every day struggle and be depressed. And then she died at 72 from like pancreatic cancer. And it's just like as a young child in my mind, what I was thinking is like Catholic spirituality, like God, like fuck that. Like that doesn't help people. Like look at my grandmother. She was a devoted Catholic person and look what it brought her, you know? And I, I, I honestly would have never linked the two. And it was under hypnosis that I, I realized that my child self had just this blockage around spirituality because of that experience of watching my grandmother grow. And I was really able to tap into that under hypnosis. I was able to connect with my grandmother. And what I learned during that, which is really powerful, was that she said to me, she said, you're seeing it wrong. You know, you're, for me, my religion gave me hope. It gave me peace. It was the one thing in my life that brought me joy during an incredibly challenging time. So I'm sorry that you misunderstood, but don't misunderstand how much joy and peace and, and beauty and love, like my devotion to God and my spiritual practice, you know, for her, it was Catholic, gave to me, it gave me structure. It gave me a place to release. It gave me a hope. It gave me, you know, it was a large part of my life. And without it, I don't know what my life would have been like. And I was just like, whoa, like mind blown. <laughs> like <laughs> I just never saw it that way, you know? And I, once I was able to get, receive that message and see that new perspective, it was like from there on, like I had a, it was like, it lifted that, um, that blockage that was within me. It like completely released it. And then after that, it was like, it just began opening up again. I began to actually see like, oh no, my spiritual practices are actually um, something that can really empower me. And I didn't feel that. I guess I had a guilt around it. I had a resistance, a blockage because of that experience. And I just let that go. And after that, it, things just started opening up. I started really to embrace spirituality for the beauty that it was there to bring me. Um, so it was incredible. And then shortly after that, I traveled to California and I went to, you know, my friend was just like, go check out the meditation gardens while you're there. I was there for the weekend in San Diego. I, I think I had a job interview because I was planning to move to San Diego, but I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to live in, in San Diego. And I went to the meditation gardens. I had no idea where I was going. I it was just like went there because she told me, check it out. You'll love it. And I winded up in Yogananda's, you know, um, ashram the his house here and i was just like i just felt this incredible like beautiful feeling of like you are home like come over me and i had no idea who yogananda was at the time like no idea whatsoever i was like i don't know what's going on but this feels magical this feels right this feels beautiful this feels like home and then i started learning more about his lineages and his practices and his beliefs around yoga and i obviously read the book autobiography of a yogi and then just decided i was going to move to encinitas because i wanted to live in the vibration like i felt it so strongly i felt such peace um and i just fell in love with encinitas and then um you know enrolled into become a kriya yoga and i'm, I'm like going through the process now so that was just life-changing and like it just stayed with me and i um yeah, it was such a beautiful journey, and I'm so grateful. And it's so funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we actually went to the convocation when I was like young, like a middle school teenager. I think we went twice, and um, Encinitas is like really beautiful because it's like on the side of a cliff, and the ocean is there, and it's just like gorgeous. And I totally um, feel the vibe of what you were saying. Like it's just like such a high vibration area. And then um, we went to a couple of the different places, and it was kind of funny when I went the first time. Um, I, we stayed at the Biltmore, which is where he Masa Hamadid, which is like when you like choose to pass over into like the next realm. And, um, <laughs> I was like dancing around like as kids do or whatever. And I like fell and twisted my ankle. And then I was like, kind of like the celebrity of the, <laughs> of the convocation. Cause I had like fallen like right where he had died and I had uh, broke my... <laughs> But so I got like wheeled around in a wheelchair and everyone was like, oh, that's the girl that you know, like fell at the shrine. So it was just kind of a funny moment. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean about just like how, you know, like a big sign like that can, you know, change your life. And, you know, for me, like the, there's like little nuns and monks that work there and they're like so sweet and so pure. And I like at the time wanted to be like a nun. <laughs> Which obviously like I'm married and have a kid now, but like it was just like such a sweet little moment. Um and it definitely was like such a big part of my spiritual awakening. But I know what you're saying as far as like 
you know, people would come over and they would, my parents had like pictures of him like on the wall and stuff. And I just like felt really like different at the time. And I didn't really have like the understanding to explain what it was. And I just felt like <laughs> a little strange. Um, but you know, it's been such a big part of my life and it really, like you said, kind of like opened the door to, you know, like all things spiritual and like my own spiritual awakening and just like embracing that piece of me that is into intuition and healing and mysticism. Yes. I love it. <laughs> that's so cool. I love that you like followed the sign, um, to go there. Like that's just so, so when I, got there, I stayed in an Airbnb that I had booked for like six weeks so I could take time to look for a place. And I get to the Airbnb. I had no idea. I go in the backyard. There's a meditation temple. And it's all devoted to Yogananda and Krishna Das. And I was like, oh my God. You're really summoning you hardcore there. Like, <laughs> well, I, I love the other piece of what you were saying with your grandmother. I mean, it sounds like you really had like a big ancestral healing. And that that is a big piece of my interest in doing healing work has been around like communicating with the ancestors. And so I think that's a beautiful example of sometimes we have like an unexamined belief because like when we're suffering, a lot of times we're alone with it. And we just, especially if you're a child, you know, you would like have created kind of your own story around it, which may or may not be kind of congruent, like, like say with your grandmother's experience. And so I think that's where, you know, in my mind, like therapy, hypnosis, coaching, like whatever can really like come in and look at these like stories and belief systems and just kind of go like, is this what happened? Like, and make sense of the whole thing. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I love hypnotherapy so much is because, you know, with hypnotherapy, we are working in the subconscious mind, which on the normal person on a regular basis, we're just not accessing the subconscious mind as much as we could. And we always say it's like the Freudian iceberg, you know, the top layer that we can see is the conscious mind. And then underneath it is where the subconscious lives. We're like 90% of our our like experience that's where all of our memories live our trauma our automated bodily functions uh and with hypnotherapy we're able to access the subconscious mind and we're able to really get in there and examine any limiting beliefs that we may have anything i, I like to call them subtle subconscious blockers it's like these little little things that are in there they're confused but they're based on our past experiences they could even be based from past lives and they fuck with us and <laughs> but we don't realize it's a subtleness, you know? So under hypnosis, you're just trained, you know, hypnotherapists can help people just get into that deeply relaxed state. We call it the theta brainwave state, which then we're able to access the subconscious mind and we're able to explore and, you know, examine and, you know, hopefully if appropriate, transform any limiting beliefs, uh, which I always like to say, transform those subtle subconscious blockers to our superpowers, you know, and really get our mind and body to work on what it, what we truly desire. And a lot of times in regular therapy, we're not, they're not always working in the subconscious mind, working in the conscious mind. So that's really the unique part about hypnotherapy is when you're able to really access that subconscious mind where so much lives there. Everything is stored in there. Things you never would have thought of come out. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely get that. Like I've been an EMDR therapist for a long time, which I, I feel like does kind of a similar thing um, as in getting people in an altered state and doing the, the eye movements back and forth. It's really a great trauma technique. From my own experience, though, like having done my own trauma work, having, you know, like worked with um, clients, you know, for 10, 15 years, it was really interesting to me that you can be like a confident, capable person. But then when you get into the coaching realm and you go to like make a personal brand and get visible, it does like trigger a lot of insecurities, sisterhood wounds, like visibility, all of these kind of things. And I think it's interesting to me that there's like a disconnect. Some of that stuff is just like buried so deep that it may not affect you like day to day. But then when you go into this like peak performance realm, like it really comes out. So like, tell me a little bit about, do you work with coaches? Like what kinds of results do you get? Like, tell me about your practice. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, <clears throat> I work as a, I, I do hypnotherapy and then also in the, in the school, you know, we're training people to become hypnotherapists. So it's like, uh, very interesting because, you know, anytime you're, you're going into something like being a coach, um, or becoming a hypnotherapist, you have to examine a lot of your own stuff in order to really master your work. <laughs> so I've seen that a lot. Um, 
Yeah, I, I work with a couple of different coaches and entrepreneurs too, and it, it's very similar patterns actually. You know, I think there's a big one around imposter syndrome I've seen a lot where people feel like, you know, maybe they don't have enough experience, especially in the beginning. Um, and there's a lot of, of like that duality of like, am I really ready for this? You know, and it's like, yes, you're ready. You've been, you've been preparing your whole life for this, right? Even though you don't have, you know, you haven't had a thousand clients or you've only, or you're new to this in the beginning. I think there, uh, I've seen a lot of people um, question, you know, are they really ready for this? And I think uh, one of the things I've seen a lot of my clients uh, transform is just like recognizing like, yes, you're ready. You wouldn't be here if you weren't ready. It's your whole life preparing you for this. Like the number of sessions you've done doesn't, doesn't dictate whether or not you're ready or not, you know? Um, and then also we do exploring on like, where does that imposter syndrome really stem, stem from? Because it is different for everyone, right? There could be so many things underlying that. It could be, you know, experiences that we had as children or thought patterns that we were conditioned by our parents, our families, our, our religious upbringing, our societal upbringings. I mean, women in general get so many mixed messages out there in society about how we should show up in the world. And, you know, we have to be in our feminine. And then what is it being in our masculine? Um, something that's coming up for me that I feel like someone needs to hear is I've seen this with a lot of coaches, a lot of the people that I work with in hypnotherapy is uh, this idea where like, if, if usually I'd say a lot of us come in with this like kind of masculine energy, because if you're going to be an entrepreneur and a coach, you probably have um, like that go-getter, like kind of type A personality. And so I've seen a lot of people struggle with like balancing both, and it can go both ways, balancing the masculine and the feminine, and then trying to just like show up and also be authentic, but then like meeting the needs of, of who you're working with, you know? So there's a lot to examine there, you know, but that's been a one thing I've seen a lot of people struggling. Either they feel like they're too in their feminine or they're too in their masculine. And then how do they want to show up? Um, how do they show up balance? That's been a really interesting duality to explore with clients. There's so many, I mean, <laughs> they're just the top two that come to mind is that imposter syndrome. And then I think another one I'll, I'll speak to that I've seen a lot it's just like trusting in the process, right? There are, we often come in and, you know, coaches, entrepreneurs are like, I want it to be happening now. Why is it taking so long? And the, the, this pressure that we put on ourselves to be like out the gate, you know, just go, go, go. Um, and there's just, there's a process to all this, right? It takes time to uh, just get things going and, and to allow ourselves that time and to trust in our process, trust that no matter what, we're, we're doing everything we need to do at every moment and like surrendering to that uh, has been a big theme that I've been seeing a lot too. Because uh, like our society is so driven on results now and move fast. And if, if, if it takes longer than we expect, I see a lot of people putting pressure on themselves and, and not, you know, and wanting to just be able to embrace the surrender, wanting to embrace being in the present moment. So it's, it's all a process. And it's, you know, even myself, I, I strive for all of those things. <laughs> it's, just, it's a constant learning, a constant exploration, a constant evolution. Yeah, I totally feel that because even with someone like myself with the counseling background and having done like, you know, millions of sessions and all this stuff, I still like kind of had my own imposter syndrome because you're just in such a public forum and, you know, some of the coaches that have been doing it for a while are getting like these incredible kind of like unbelievable results. And so um, I think it's really easy to do pressure um, which to me is like the opposite of pleasure. And so that's why I've really been like kind of drawn into like the pleasure-based business because, you know, I did it the hard way. Like, I mean, like going to grad school for a million years and like having a business where I didn't feel like I could, you know, like if I didn't work, I didn't get paid. And so like so much of it was like struggle and scarcity and everything. And, you know, I noticed that uh, I kind of like recreated that pattern when I started coaching because I like invested a crazy amount of money into coaching. <laughs> and then there was all this pressure to like recoup my investment, which I think a lot of people do. And then we just sort of like start to overcomplicate it and stakes are high and all that sort of stuff. And so I think it's really, um, like you said, that trust piece is so huge. And because so many people have like wounding around trust, it's hard to think that it can be easy and that we could like sit back to receive. Um, and for me, like I think of myself as kind of more hyper feminine, like I'm very much into the divine feminine, which maybe we can talk about next. Um, but then I realized I was still doing a lot of like masculine of like overworking, like burning out, like overgiving. And I always kind of thought of that as like, 
you know, kind of like codependent self-sacrifice-y, like feminine, but I think because it's so like action oriented, like I started to realize like, oh, that's actually like my masculine that's like trying to make things happen. And so I do notice the more I can like <laughs> surrender and just like trust the process. And it definitely is a process, like the more magical it becomes and like the easier and better results that I get. Mm, absolutely. Yes, that's so true. And I, I want to speak to two things you said. So like, this idea of like when we are developing our brands and like really putting ourselves out there, you know, we're really being seen in like a totally new way. And many of my clients, it's just, it's, it can be uncomfortable. It can be, uh, you know, we're going to the edge there because we're being seen in a whole new way, oftentimes in ways we've never seen ourselves, you know, and we're, we're putting ourselves in the spotlight. So when you do that, you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism, right? You're opening yourself to a lot of work, you know, because there's no way you're going to please everyone. You know, I just had like such an empowering session the other day where um, I really triggered this person and I, I didn't know why, you know, like I just, I showed up the way I always do. I did all the things that I'm told to do. I felt like I really embodied the work. And for whatever reason, I was really triggering this person. So like in, in that type of moment, you can choose to either take it personally, you can choose it as an opportunity to learn. You could say, it's not me, it's them. You know, there are so many different ways we can, we can attack these learnings. Um, and you know, you just, you, you open yourself up to all of that when you're, when you're in the spotlight, when you're connecting with people, because everyone is so different, right? <laughs> like some people say like, well, not everyone's going to resonate with you. And that's totally true. But then you're going to even meet people that do resonate with you that you trigger. And then that's going to cause you to like go on a spiral of like, okay, either like totally on a spiral, like, you know, knock you off or like a really internal journey to explore. Uh, so that's, that's another one I've seen a lot happen. Um, so there's so much that this starts opening up. If you, you know, you start putting yourself in the spotlight and you're, whenever we interact with humans, it's always an adventure. There's always unknown because we're human beings. Um, so it's, it's beautiful to explore that. And then to what you said about, you know, embracing like the present, like, and, and surrendering, oh God, there's so much there that I love. Like I work with my clients and I work with myself and it is, it's a process, the process of truly surrendering and truly being present in every moment is a journey in itself. Like, let me tell you, it is like, I'm sure you know, you've seen it, but I could probably create a whole six month program on just that topic. Maybe I will because <laughs> it's just been one of those things that's been such a theme in my life. And I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's, finding extraordinary moments in every moment is like how you really experience life. Because if you just really appreciate every moment, then every moment becomes extraordinary. And I, I just love that practice because it is such a different experience of life when you're able to just like be in the moment and not thinking about what's next or what just happened. And, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And especially as coaches and entrepreneurs, if we're able to just show up, in our authentic self, fully present for our client, uh, that's really is going to be what's going to be the most transformation for us and the person that we're trying to serve. Uh, but it's certainly a process. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. We need help, right? I always say this. I'll say one more thing. Sorry. I feel like I'm just babbling. But um, it's, it's not easy to do the work alone. Like even just having this conversation with you right now, I'm having so many epiphanies and I'm like, yes, I have to continue that practice. Yes, I have to hold myself accountable to that, you know? <laughs> and that's why all coaches need coaches. All coaches need space holders, right? When we try to do this, you know, we think, oh, well, I'm a coach. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't need anybody. I have my own tools. No, 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 no. We all need someone to hold that space for us. We all need that person to hold us accountable, to see us and to, to you know, to do the work. Um, so I'm just so happy that we're having this conversation because I'm even like, oh, epiphany, epiphany, <laughs> reminder. <laughs> it's been really amazing doing these fearless feminine um, interviews because it's like getting, you know, your own energy kind of mirrored back to you and it just like strengthens your own conviction, you know? And so one of the biggest statements that I've held onto is that um, thought leaders can't be people pleasers. So I'm super into astrology. I've got a stellium in Libra. I've got like five planets. And so it makes me like very... Uh, 
diplomatic, you know, I want every like harmony, peace, justice, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so like, I sort of like hate to rock the boat. And then at the same time, like my program is the Fearless Feminine Academy, which is really about, like, <laughs> helping women like overcome their fear so that they can step into getting visible and like creating, you know, the business and life of their dreams and all that sort of stuff. And I just think it's just yeah, the spotlight is such an intense piece. I'm gonna think I'm gonna book a session with you after this. <laughs> with that, yes. your work because I mean I really do. You know, it's sort of like a little bit of a coaching cliche, but like the people that are manifesting these miraculous results, they really are doing their mindset. And so, like you know, I think if you haven't gotten the results you want yet, like hang on, like you know, hire a coach, like get some support. And that was kind of where I got into the coaching field was that I had been like, just, you know, kind of burning out my practice, like giving, 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 giving to the point where I was like, so burnt out. And I'm like, I don't know if I can be a psychologist anymore. <laughs> um, and, but I had so much like money and time and energy invested in my education and my business. And so the antidote to that was just like really hiring some support instead of like giving all of my precious energy away. Like I really had to learn to like receive. And that has been like the most transformational process ever. I mean, I feel like I even like look different at the end of this yeah. year, you know, like it, it's just like, it's yeah. pricey, but like it's money well, well spent. Like it is an investment in yourself. And then it's not like the stuff goes away. Like you continue to like use the knowledge and the experience you know, moving forward. Absolutely. It's all about self-care and yeah. you know, self, self pleasure. Like we have to, like, I see it now. It's like, it is non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. My self-care is, is not an option because if I am not prioritizing my self-care, then I can't show up and really be present and, and be a, you know, a resource for people. I just can't. So it, it's, and that looks like so many different things for so many different people, but it is essential. It is really essential. Good thing it's a business deduction, right? <laughs> um, yeah, back straight up. <laughs> so you are going to treat us to a little like self-hypnosis practice. So whenever you're ready, let's do a little bit of that. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so I love teaching the steps to self-hypnosis for many reasons, but I always teach this first session out the gate. And, you know, I, I do want to give my school credit Grace Space where I learned everything. Uh, this is a Grace Space method. And we always teach clients our first sessions because we, for me, one of the reasons why I got so called to hypnotherapy was because we see it as a social justice practice, right? As like, if more people understood the power of mind, like the power that you have control of your thoughts, you, their thoughts do not control you, right? If we could get more people to really understand this, then we would have such a more peaceful world. We'd have a happier, a healthier world. And by teaching people the steps to self-hypnosis, we're really empowering people. Uh, so I want to speak to one thing you said about like mindset. I always like to clarify because I think for a long time, I didn't even myself understand the difference, really the, the nuances between meditation, mindset, visualization, hypnotherapy, you know, there's all these different things. And with mindset, for example, it is very different from hypnotherapy because in hypnotherapy, we are actually working in the subconscious and we are recreating new neural pathways in the brain so that we can create new, like, for example, if you have fear, we transform that, let's say, whatever you want, but it could be confidence. So that when, instead of having the reaction of every time I get on a plane, I'm anxious, you're creating a new neural pathway so that every time you get on a plane, you're excited, you know, and that's very different from mindset or meditation. For example, we actually like to call it, my mentor calls it uh, meditation with a goal. And then the hypnotherapist helps you get in there and transform that limiting belief and, and do some exploration. So what's it, the steps of self-hypnosis, it's, you know, working one-on-one -on -one with a trained hypnotherapist. And I also want to say, like, be careful about who you work with as a hypnotherapist because there's many different levels of certification. You want to really make sure you work with someone who went to a very good school that wasn't just like a weekend certificate course. Our course is 24 weeks online and, and six in-person days. So it's very comprehensive. Um, you know, it's, it's just like any other practice. The, the more time you spend learning, the better you're going to be as a practitioner. So the steps to self-hypnosis, are very effective because the best is working one-on-one -on -one with a hypnotherapist. You're going to have the most 
results one-on-one -on -one because you're working like individually. Group hypnosis is the second layer in terms of effectiveness. And then the third layer is doing your own guided steps of self-hypnosis. And if you work both with a one-on-one -on -one practitioner and do your steps, then you're just going to have like, you know, triple 10 times the amount of results. So for my clients, I always give them their at-home practice. I say, all right, now do your steps to self-hypnosis for breakfast, lunch, and dinner three times a day. Once you get down this process or before bed, you know, whatever we're supposed to do. Once you get down the steps, you could literally do it anytime, any place in three minutes. And if you're doing it three times a day, the beauty of it is that we're relaxing the body, relaxing the nervous system. We are getting the body into that deeply relaxed seat. We're balancing the hormones. And the more that you can live in your deeply relaxed seat, you know, the higher vibration you're going to live in, the more creativity you're going to have, the more energy your body's going to have for, you know, burning calories or for creating or whatever you want, you know, for having more joy for showing up in your relationships. So it's just such an essential tool because what we're doing is we're, we're lowering the cortisol levels. We're balancing the hormones. We're getting into that deeply relaxed state, which is so empowering on the nervous system. And you can do it in three minutes. So, all right, we're going to experience it now. One thing, I just want to speak to the social justice thing. That's definitely like such a huge passion of mine. And I see it a lot with therapy where people don't have health insurance. They can't afford it. I think especially for like minorities, people of color, you know, we certainly have like, um, they tend to experience like more um, prejudice, oppression, trauma, um, more, you know, economic challenges and all of these things. And so um, for me, like with the experience that I've had with, with healing practitioners is like, I think any good healer really says like, you can heal yourself. And so I think it's really important to like communicate that message that like we have a natural innate ability to heal ourselves and also getting like the ability to get better and heal and deal with the stuff like kind of out of the ivory tower and like make it accessible to people. Um, especially for like, if people have multiple minorities, like we know with intersectionality that, they're much more likely to experience like oppression and trauma. So I just love that like hypnosis and healing, you know, is an opportunity to like really um, address and like heal a lot of this trauma that's been, you know, a byproduct of like colonialism and white supremacy. And, and I, I just think that's like such an important journey. So I just had to get on my soapbox for a little bit. Off <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I, I love what you said about the cortisol in particular, I think it's just so huge because we know that stereotypes create threat for people and certainly, you know, all the way up to like violence and death as we saw with like George Floyd um, and many others, Breonna Taylor, everybody um, that has unfortunately experienced that kind of brutality. So <laughs> in, the of, in the spirit of learning, I, you know, I, I would been in the nonprofit sector for so long and uh, I've been doing a lot of different types of social justice work for a long time. And I by no means am perfect. I'm always learning. It's a journey. But one thing someone said to me is that like the word minorities, we actually shouldn't use to uh, reference people of color because they're actually going to be the majority of yeah. our population at a certain point. And it's an old term. Yeah. I always have like removed from our vocabulary. So I've been being more mindful of that. Someone shared that with me. I just want to share that with you. Language is so important around this. Um, but I love that you are bringing this topic up. And it's so essential. Yeah. And thank you for that feedback. Um, we actually, I was in a, like a decolonize your business with Brenda Williams, who I'm sure I'll do an interview with her soon. Um, amazing experience. And she actually had us do this visualization about that, that like, you know, white people at a certain, you know, couple decades forward will be the you know, like minority, if you want to use that. And like, what will that world look like? And for me, it was just like one of these big aha moments of to think about like a world that is more equitable and safe for everybody. Like it makes you realize like how, um, you know, unjust and, um, you know, difficult and kind of tragic and violent it has been. And so I think that that's really um, exciting for our future generations. I talk about ancestral healing to be able to like look forward to something where, you know, it's I just want to live in that world. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, share with us the practice. All right. All right. So we're, I'm just going to go through it in the interest of time and then I'll, I'll go over the steps and then I'm happy to post the steps underneath this too. So would you mind uh, indulging in this and being a, a client? Sure. Okay, perfect. So we're always going to start, you can keep your eyes open right now. I'm just going to ask you to tell me your starting stress level on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest one could be stressed and one the lowest. Mm, maybe like a four. All right, so we're at a four and your eyes already closed, so perfect. 
And you just wanna like make your eyes feel as if they're heavy. They're getting heavier and heavier and you're getting relaxed as those eyes are closed. And it's almost like you wanna open them, but they won't close. So we say, try to open your eyes, but they just wanna stay closed. Beautiful. And you're going to begin to picture a color that you love running in through the top of your head. And when you have that color, say that color for me out loud. Blue. Very good. Blue running in through the top of your head, all the way through the body. Blue relaxing and releasing you and running out through the bottoms of your feet into the core of the earth. Just take a nice deep inhaling breath and a nice deep exhale. Very good. Feeling this beautiful quality of relaxation. Relax the top of your head. Relax the tiny muscles next to your eyes. Very good. Relax your jaw, letting it hang loose and slack. Very good. Allowing this beautiful relaxation flow down your body, relaxing the shoulders, relaxing all the muscles in your back and just really letting go. Feeling into the beautiful velvety darkness behind those eyes. Relaxing the torso, breathing out easily. And as you breathe in, you breathe in that beautiful life force energy, breath. Feeling this beautiful quality of relaxation, fill your arms all the way out through the fingertips. Feeling this relaxation travel even further down through the body, through your womb, through your pelvis, through your cervix, down, down through the body, through your legs, and out through the bottoms of your feet, all the way into the core of the earth. Now I'm going to begin to count you down from 10 to one, and you will count down as I repeat the first step. So we're gonna say 10, I am going deeper and deeper, and you're gonna begin now. Say it back to you. Yeah, just knowing that the sound of your own voice takes you even deeper, you'll begin your countdown from 10 to one beginning now. 10. 10. I am going deeper and deeper. I'm going deeper and deeper. 9. 9. Saying, I am going deeper and deeper after every number. I am going deeper and deeper. 8. I'm going deeper and deeper. 7. Seven. I'm going deeper and deeper. Six. Six. I'm going deeper and deeper. Five. Five. I'm going deeper and deeper. Four. Four. I'm going deeper and deeper. Three. Three. I'm going deeper and deeper. Two. Two. I'm going deeper and deeper. And one. One, I'm going deeper and deeper. Very good. Picturing that color blue running in through the top of your head, all the way through the body, and out through the bottoms of your feet. Now we're going to repeat a very powerful, a very true statement. I'll say it once, and then you'll repeat it three times out loud. I am safe, I am calm, I choose to be here. I am safe, I am calm, 
I choose to be here. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. Very good. Picturing that color blue running in through the top of your head, all the way through the body and out through the bottoms of your feet. You are going to repeat your hypno affirmation. You'll say it out loud 10 times. I am fearless feminine. Beginning there. I am fearless feminine. 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 I'm fearless feminine. Very good. Picturing that color blue coming in through the top of your crown all the way through the body. And you're going to see, feel, and experience your desired results. See, feel, and experience yourself. Incorporate all of your senses living as the fearless feminine. Take your time and really feel it. And when you feel your process is complete, say your color blue. Blue. That's right, blue running in through the top of your head, all the way through your entire body, running out through the bottoms of the feet into the core of the earth. Whenever you're ready, you may open your eyes and smile. <laughs> awesome, and tell me, what is your ending stress level now on a scale of one to 10? Oh, I feel really good, like, um, yeah, like a zero, one, I don't know what the scale is. <laughs> really good. You're at a four, you're at about a zero one now. Amazing. So just imagine, you know, doing this three times a day, it really makes a huge impact in the way we're able to show up and the way we're able to manage our stress. And, you know, you can change the hypno affirmation to be whatever you want it to be. I just threw that in when, and for us today, uh, I felt appropriate, <laughs> but we can, you can always play with that too, to, to focus on, you know, different things. Um, so thank you so much for uh, indulging in that with me. Oh it, was so it was so amazing. And I so good. Like, you know, my clients say to me all the time, like in the traditional therapy realm, they're like, I know I'm a good person, but then I just like feel so stressed, you know, or I don't feel that way. And so it's just so powerful when we access these like flow states where we just like feel really good and like that's our natural being. And if we don't overthink it, you know, and so definitely like feel great. I don't know if I can <laughs> form a complete <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I tell all my friends I'm like I like live in theta now so it's a it's a different way of being but it's awesome <laughs> Good. awesome well Tiff like tell us where to find you like how can we work with you all things Oh gosh. So I would love to work with any divine souls that feel called to work with me. Um, my website is tiffzapico.com. So you can check me out there. It's T-I-F-F-Z-A-P-I-C-O.com. You could find me on Insta at hypnotiff, hypno-tiff, <laughs> um, or find me on Facebook anyways. Um, and you, so I want to say a couple of things just about like my unique approach on hypnotherapy is I'm a master hypnotherapist. I also am trained in the sex love relationship school by Layla Martin. So mm -hmm. I've been, I'm almost done. I, I'm like, through the, I'm in the program now. So we're like almost there. And I just, I incorporate both in my work. I've been able to take a lot of the amazing hypnotic techniques and then the work I've learned through Layla's program to create programs for women that really help people find women's empowerment, um, tap into sexual energy and desires, uh, you know, getting better love, relationships in life. 
So I'm still kind of figuring out exactly what I will focus on, but like all those things just light me up. Like I just love that I have all these tools and I have a, a mind body program too, where I support women with their weight loss journey. I myself had a really um, significant weight loss journey in my life. I actually was at 1.235 pounds. I lost like 85 pounds in my life. So I definitely understand the struggles and, um, it's really, the reason why I'm focusing on, I started with that one is because what my hypnotherapy work, I found that a lot of people struggle to do the, the emotional work, the, the spiritual work, because they were really trapped in their bodies and they were in physical pain. You know, when you're significantly overweight, there's physical pain that you have to heal before you're really able to reach that next level of vibration. So I had this incredible mind body program that guaranteed results, like guaranteed our money back. It's incredible. It's life changing. It works. Um, that's my 60 day program. And then, and I also just love working with women on wealth consciousness, on spirituality, on sex love relationship. I have so many passions right now and I do a little bit of everything. So you're welcome to check out my website and just general hypnotherapy too. You could literally, the beautiful thing about hypnotherapy is it could be used for anything. So there's a lot of, a lot of offerings there um, to explore. So let's see, you can like fall in love with your body, have better sex, be more powerful, create wealth. <laughs> like, wow, you're like the total package there. <laughs> this is why I love my life. It's so fun. <laughs> well, that is very clear. And I just like your, your enthusiasm is contagious. And so it's really been amazing to talk with you. Everybody book a session with her. Go check her out on your website um, and feel free to drop a link below um, and you know share this video and eventually the cast um, when when we're ready to go so thank you so much for your time I've had so good definitely feel better than when we started so it worked <laughs> all definitely go check her out um, and everybody have a great day I want to say thank you to you. This has been incredible. I really enjoyed this conversation. You're such a beautiful space holder and it's been such a pleasure. So thank you for having me. Thank you for all of your beautiful light you're bringing to the world with, with your work. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I received that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.